Hey there, future fans. This week, we have mob bosses, drug lords, and schoolyard games. This is the week of June 15th, 2018, and this is episode 93 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome to the show. It is a new week. It, it really is. the we, we made it, you know? The world didn't collapse in this amount of time, which sometimes surprises me. Anyway, we have a very interesting week. This is a week that has quite a few smaller looking movies that are really good. Still wide releases, but nothing that made the radar as big as the, the bigger release this week. But you know what? Uh, quite a few of these movies this week I would see. I would put them on my list, my, my to-be-watched list. But for now, I'm just here to talk about them. So let's get the opening housekeeping on out of the way. Who am I and what is it that I do? Well, I am Billiam. I work for the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. I started out as a writer for them, which I'm getting back into. Yay me, more writing. And after they started their flagship podcast, I started mine. And we are coming up on 100 episodes. And we're actually coming up on two years. June 17th is when the show started. Uh, this is the episode for the week of the 15th. So technically next episode, which is the week of the 22nd, will be my two-year one. So yay, we made it. And I really haven't missed that many episodes. Seeing as there are 52 weeks in a year, that would make 104. And I'm at 93, so that's what, 11 episodes? So that's pretty good. But anyway, yeah, two years is coming up and the 100th episode is coming up. So th those are all pretty big. But anyway, what do I do on this show? This is Future Flakes with Billiam. So I talk about movies that are coming out in the future, in the immediate future, actually, because this show usually drops on Wednesdays and I talk about what's going to come out that Friday. I also talk about movie news for movies that are going to be coming out in the future and trailers, of course, for the future. I wouldn't talk about some old trailer like, oh, have you seen the Gone with the Wind trailer? It looks like shit. I hate Gone with the Wind. Scarlet and Rhett are terrible people and should all die, but that that's just me. Anyway, I go over every movie that's coming out during the week. I give my thoughts on it, unless it's a limited release. So there are limited releases that I will give the premise and who's in it. Sometimes say a couple things. For wider releases and interesting looking indies, I will give it a premise, who's in it, and then my thoughts. And I'll also give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score or the Bill Score. The so aptly named bill score the so handsomely named bill score and that score can go anywhere from a zero for the worst of the movies to an 11 for those that turn it up that extra notch i also start the show off with of course the intro the news and trailers we get the movies then and then we go into the question of the week which is a segment I will do as long as I can think of new questions. And you know, I used to keep track of every single question I asked and the date I did it, and I stopped doing that because I'm a lazy ass. 
So I really want to go back and catch up to see all the questions I did and maybe eventually start repeating them going, hey, we have some new listeners. Maybe someone new will want to comment on this. Or maybe my loyal, loyal listeners, Frat Matt, Brian Q, Somewhat Nerdy Guys, Watch Your Mouth Guys, Herc, give you all another chance to answer. But but we'll see. We will see when we get there. But for now, let me tell you that you can find this show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Pretty soon, I hope to be getting into YouTube again. Hell, maybe I'll try to get back into Tumblr. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. You can get in contact with me a couple ways to either answer the question of the week or to just say hey or give me a movie recommendation or ask me for a movie recommendation. You can hit me up through my email, billiamreviews at gmail.com. You can comment on the Somewhat Nerdy website that is somewhatnerdy.com. Also check that out for all of my latest blogs and all of our latest blogs and news and other shows. Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page will always keep you up to date. Then hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. But with that, let us take a step into our first segment, which as always is the news. According to Variety, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom has already grossed $39 million in 30 international markets in just its first two days. This was reported on Friday, I believe, is when I read this report. But that's impressive. And do you plan on seeing this movie? Let me know in the comments if you plan on seeing this. Originally, when the first few trailers came out, I had no interest. I thought this looked like utter sh**. But for some reason, the last trailer, the latest one to come out, actually swayed me. And I now want to see it. This hits theaters on June 22nd. We all know, thanks to me always talking about it, that Quentin Tarantino is working on the next Star Trek movie. But before that happens, he has another project of his own called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This has a huge cast, bigger than he's ever had, and this stars Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, Dakota Fanning, James Marsden, Timothy Oliphant, Al Pacino, Kurt Russell, Damian Lewis, Emile Hirsch, Luke Perry, Tim Roth, Burt Reynolds, Clifton Carlins Jr., Michael Madsen, and Zoe Bell. The story I read that brought this to my attention, the huge cast to my attention, was an article by Variety that talked, to, talked about James Marsden being added to the cast. This film is set to come out next year on August 9th. And some of you may have heard this next bit of news already because it, it seemed to blow up a little bit. The Hollywood Reporter and Empire Magazine have Matthew Vaughn news. He is reportedly working on an expansion of the Kingsman universe as well as a kick-ass reboot. He's working on a third Kingsman movie which he says will be the end of the Harry hart Exy relationship as well as a spin-off called Kingsman The Great Game which would take place at the turn of the 20th century, so it would supposedly take place anywhere between 1899 and 1901, because that's what's considered to be the turn of the 20th century. He also says that the third Kingsman and the spinoff will shoot back-to-back. -back. He's also working on a Kingsman TV show, as well as a Statesman-focused film. The Statesman, of course, were the American answer to the Kingsman that we all got to know in Kingsman to the Golden Circle. The new Kick-Ass will bring Kick-Ass and Hit-Girl back, and there's a standalone Hit-Girl movie in discussion, as well as the new Kick-Ass, Patience Lee, may be in one of the upcoming movies. Patience Lee, of course, is the new kick-ass in the comic books, the Mark Millar comic books. And Matthew Vaughn says, if you want to get a look at the future of the kick-ass movies, look at the Mark Millar comic books. He doesn't plan on straying very far. 
And finally, in the news, Variety has reported that Isaiah Mustafa has been added to the cast of It Chapter 2. He is set to play the adult Mike Hanlon. He joins Jessica Chastain as Beverly, James McAvoy as Bill, Jay Ryan as Ben, Bill Hader as Richie, James Ranson as Eddie, and Andy Bean as Stanley. The rumor is that the kids from the first one will all return, and of course, Bill Skarsgård is confirmed to return as Pennywise. And actually, one more story that was brought to me by, by Anne, I almost missed this, actor Hugh Dane passed away. He was best known for The Office, but he had bit parts in movies like Bridesmaids, Little Fockers, Joyride. Also this week, we had actor Alan O'Neill, who was on the show Sons of Anarchy for a season, and he did a movie called Urge. And then, of course, Anthony Bourdain, who, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have a great a great deal of food shows, traveling food shows. I, I, I really think he was a pioneer for that. And then he gave us the show Kitchen Confidential. That is uh, the show that Bradley Cooper starred in, playing Jack Bourdain. Also had John Francis Daly, Owen Yeoman, John Cho, Frank Langella. It was a truly great show that only lasted one season. It was a Fox show, so of course they canceled it. And so that that was three people since the last episode, and that is insane. So on that sad note, let's go into the trailer trove. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to skip the intro this week. Maybe if I put the sad news started out with that, but I, I, I don't know. It would, just seem to, it would just seem in poor taste to have my terrible pirate voice right after that news. So here we go with the trove. Did you guys see the first trailer for Halloween? Of course you did. But just in case you missed it, go to the YouTubes and look it up. It looks f***ing amazing. This, of course, was the movie or is going to be the movie written by Danny McBride and David Gordon Green. Also directed by David Gordon Green. This has Jamie Lee Curtis returning to the role of Laurie Strode and Nick Castle returning to the role of Michael Myers, which he hasn't played since 1978. He wasn't in any of the sequels, and this also stars Judy Greer. This has an October 19th, 2018 release date, and finally, we have a scary movie, or at least a horror movie, being released in October. So right away, Halloween gets major points for that. Another film coming out on the 19th is a movie called Serenity, and no, it has nothing to do with Firefly, unfortunately. This is a thriller starring Anne Hathaway, Matthew McConaughey, Diane Lane, Jimin Honsu, and Jason Clark. It's about a fishing boat captain whose ex-wife comes to find him, asking for help. She wants him to kill her husband who supposedly abuses her. The thing is, it seems like everyone on the little island he lives on knows what's going on and also seems to know more than him and he just can't get any answers. Next up in the trove, we have a movie called The Girl in the Spider's Web. That has a trailer and this one looks a lot better, at least by just the trailers, a lot better than The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo did. This also has a brand new cast and crew working on it. Claire Foy steps in to take the role that Rooney Mara had in the first one. And Severir Goodnison, I believe I destroyed that name, takes Daniel Craig's place. Claire Foy is the third woman to play Elizabeth Salander. And Rooney Mara, of course, and Numi Rapace is the other one. This sequel comes out November 9th. And if you have kids, you've probably already seen this, but I'm just going to mention it anyway. The How to Train Your Dragon 3 trailer came out, and it looks 
pretty good. I am excited. This will hopefully bring an end to the series because I have really liked this series. And even then, I feel like it should end. I feel like this should be it before it just turns into what... If you remember the Land Before Time series, what that eventually turned into, because they did the first Land Before Time, which is a truly amazing movie, one of my all-time childhood favorites. They did two. I'm like, okay, two existed. Sure, they did three. I'm like, well, this is corny straight to VOD, but whatever. And then it kept going. And it's like, why? It's like with the Air Buddies series or the Buddies movies that, that spawned from the Air Bud movie. So I hope with this one, they, they end it there. They had a... Or is it still going? They had a How to Train Your Dragon cartoon. That's fine. Let that do its thing. But for the movies, let's please finish this. And let's finish it while it's still really good. This film has a March 1st, 2019 release date. And its full title is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Bad Times at the El Royale is another film that I had no idea about until I saw the trailer. This is a film that stars Jeff Bridges, Cynthia Erivo, Dakota Johnson, John Hamm, Chris Hemsworth, as well as Nick Offerman. The premise really reminds me of the movie Identity from 2003, starring John Cusack and Ray Liotta. That one is about all these strangers who meet up in this hotel and they have something in common. They all have the same birthday. This movie, The Bad Times at the El Royale, is about seven strangers all meet up in an old hotel that have a dark past, or they all have a dark past. I bet you the hotel has a dark past too, but you know. One will get redemption before the night goes to hell for all of the others. Two more trailers, folks. The Predator has a second trailer, and this one looks even better. We get a better grasp of the plot in this one. The main character is being held for psychological evaluation after he reports that a space alien killed his men. He is a part of a SEAL sniper team or something. They stumble upon the spaceship. The Predator kills everyone but him. He's like, oh, this alien killed him. They're like, ah, oh, fuck you. Let's put you in a straitjacket and take you take you away. Even though, like, the government knew that the spaceship was there, but they're like, oh, we, we can't have him spouting this bullshit. Let's lock him up. So while he's on the bus to the loony bin, the predator attacks and he must stay alive with all these with all these other inmates. But it looks like the predator that's hunting him is being hunted as well by an even bigger predator. This has a September 14th release date and I'm excited, especially because Keegan-Michael Key is in this and anything with Key and or Peel in it, it has got my attention. And finally, we have a trailer for First Man. This is a look into the life of Neil Armstrong and the now legendary mission that allowed him to be the first man to walk on the moon. So if I remember my history right, we were, we were kind of trailing the Soviets for a while in the space race. And that's why Sputnik was such a big deal. And then, yay, we won. We went to the moon. So this is a biographical movie, unless you're a conspiracy nut, in which case you'll think this is science fiction. This stars Ryan Gosling, Claire Foy, Pablo Schreiber, Kyle Chandler, Corey Stoll, and Jason Clark. And ladies and gentlemen, with that, it is time for our first break. So let's hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Stay tuned. Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day -day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good, Good journey, journey, nerds. nerds. 
Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. We are back. Let's get into the limited movies. So as a reminder, these are the movies that are getting limited releases and I don't care enough about to to say much on. So unfortunately, if some of these strike your fancy, if something about it resonates with you, you'll have to look the rest up yourself. But uh, let's get on with it. The first movie that's coming out in limited release form is Race 3. This is the third movie in the action thriller series from India. And the first one was something about two brothers who are on opposite sides of the law or at least opposite sides of each other. And so they they race or something. I, I couldn't quite understand it. With some Bollywood movies, some, certain Hindi cinema movies, it's hard to find trailers in English. And even then, something is lost in translation. Because remember what I say about, about movies like this. The only ones that make it to our shores are the either the super over-the-top ridiculous ones or the ones that are honestly good. I think this looks like the former. The next limited release this week is actually a Netflix movie that may hit some theaters because I've I've seen conflicting reports, some saying it's Netflix only. In fact, the trailer saying Netflix only, but other sources say Netflix will put it in put it in smaller theaters. That movie is called Set It Up. Two corporate executive assistants hatch a plan to matchmake their two bosses. This stars Zoe Deutsch from Before I Fall, Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live, Lucy Liu from Kill Bill, Volume 1, Titus Burgess from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Tay Diggs from Rent. And I actually may end up seeing this one for a couple reasons. First, it's on Netflix and it'll be free. And second, I love Titus Burgess. I love Titus Andromedon on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So I, I may check this out just for him. Next up is a movie called The Year of Spectacular Man. This is the story of Izzy Klein, a young woman fresh out of college, as she strikes up and ruins relationships with several men and struggles to navigate the failures of post-college adulthood. This stars Zoe Deutsch from Before I Fall, her second movie this week. Avon Jogia from Tut and Leah Thompson, or Leah Thompson, from Back to the Future. Next up is a straight-to-DVD release that may be getting a couple a couple theaters will be released in, but mainly it's a straight-to-DVD movie. This movie is called China Salesman. Yan Jiang is a young Chinese IT engineer who volunteers to go to North Africa and help the company he works for win a competition. The winner can own the rights to control the communication network between North and South Africa. He hires a mercenary and former general to help him. Jan then discovers a conspiracy, and he is the only one who can stop them. This stars Chinese actor Dong Shui Li, Mike Tyson from The Hangover, and Steven Seagal from Under Siege. And any movie with Mike Tyson and Steven Seagal sounds like the worst straight-to-DVD movie of all time. And finally... In the limited and uninteresting section, we have a documentary called Eating Animals. This is a documentary that examines how the livestock we consume is raised and shows us better ways to raise them as well as the future of cruelty-free farming and non-meat choices. And I'll admit it, I, I, I might watch this. But if you've listened to the show for a while, you know how iffy I am when it comes to recommending documentaries, even if it's even if it's something I'm interested in. Document documentaries more than a regular fictional or even nonfiction movie is solely based on your interest in the topic. 
if you don't like war movies, I still might recommend Hacksaw Ridge to you just because that was a really good movie because there's more to it than just the topic. Whereas in a documentary, that's all there is. And then even with the documentary, there are so many other questions questions to ask. How honest is it? What's their angle? Because all of these have an angle. All of them do. Because remember when people still cared about Michael Moore and he would release a movie and then all this backlash would come out after the movie came out going, well, all these interviews you did were wrong because you took it out of context. Or I remember quite a few movies, Fahrenheit 9-11 and I believe Sicko just had all these inaccuracies come out after the fact. So that's why it's so important to find out who made a documentary, more so than what director directed directed a movie. Maybe you're not a fan of Ron Howard movies. That doesn't necessarily mean you won't like Solo. But anyway, I've already talked too much about this and I want to. Let us take another break to hear a word from our friends at Nerds of the Squared Circle before we get into the wide releases. Stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Square Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hey, welcome back to the show. We have some movies to talk about that I'm going to talk a little more about than the previous ones. So let's start that all off with a movie called Loving Pablo. A journalist strikes up a romantic relationship with drug lord Pablo Escobar. Because, you know, that, that's a good idea. That will end well. This stars Javier Bardem from Vicky Cristina Barcelona, Penelope Cruz from Vicky Cristina Barcelona, and Peter Skarsgård from Jackie. Is it just me, or is it? have we been seeing a lot more movies and shows featuring Pablo Escobar recently? Or is it some sort of weird paradigm shift that ever since Narcos came out that I'm a little more aware of this? Because I remember back when Entourage was still coming out, and I know that's a very polarizing show, and... I see why and 100% agree with why people hate it, but I still loved the show for, or liked, I wouldn't say loved, the show for some weird reason. But anyway, in the show, they tried to make this movie, or they make this movie called Medellin about the Medellin cartel. And later, they I heard they were starting to work on a TV show about Pablo Escobar and movies, and now there's a lot. It seems like every year, more is coming out about Pablo Escobar. And this is just the latest. This time it's about a romantic relationship with this journalist that was trying to investigate him. And now it's like, oh, by the way, I have swayed you with my with my drug lord ways. And I think this movie will show both sides of Pablo Escobar, the the part that the people loved, that he brought money back to the poor people. He, he did give back to communities. He did good work. And then he murdered a whole bunch of people. And he also peddled and pushed very dangerous, very addictive, very deadly drugs. So we have that on the opposite side. So we have this kind of almost a Robin Hood figure, kind of. He would give back to the community and he kept a lot too. Uh, I mean, he wasn't totally altruistic, which we all know because, well, you know, the, the murders and 
The fact if someone wronged him, he wouldn't just stop with that person. The family and friends would die too. So this movie is about this woman played by Penelope Cruz who gets wrapped up in in Pablo Escobar and is like, oh, this guy, look at all the good he does. Look at how many people love this man. And then either purposely turning a blind eye to or just not seeing the other side. This, of course, is based off a true story. I, I don't know how this one ends. Unlike American Made, which I already knew how that, I believe I knew how that ended going in, or or I'm just full of shit, but that movie was all the journey. And this one, it's a story that I don't know much about, so this one will be part the journey, part history. Even though this has some great actors in it, Javier Bardem, Penelope Cruz are fantastic, I, I just can't recommend seeing this in theaters. This is a movie you should hold off on until it comes out on streaming or maybe even buy it if it interests you enough. Loving Pablo gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie called The Yellow Birds. Two young soldiers, Bartle and Murph, become close friends during the Iraq War and suffering through the tutelage of a troubled sergeant. After the war, Bartle becomes troubled because of a promise he made to Murph's mother before their deployment. This stars Alden Ehrenreich from Solo, Ty Sheridan from Ready Player One, Tony Collette from In Her Shoes, Jennifer Aniston from Friends, Jack Houston from Ben-Hur, and Jason Patrick from Wayward Pines. You know what? I like war movies. I, I really do. And it blows my mind how many new stories we can find to tell ab about wars that have had millions of movies about them already. This movie is based off a novel by Ken Powers? Ken Powers, was it? Kevin Powers. It's based off a book of the same name, and this is fiction. This isn't based on reality, though maybe something similar could have happened. But just like Loving Pablo, with this movie, we have... A film that sounds interesting, that has good actors in it, but I think would be best saved for home. Especially a movie this deep. I really think movies like this get a lot from being watched at home. Whereas in the theater, when when the when the lights come on and you have to, and you have to leave, you can talk about it with your friends afterwards or or your your loved one or whoever you see it with. But when you're at home, you could just sit and and soak it in sit and marinate in what the movie gave you and i think that is a bonus for movies with a message i don't know what this message is because what i told you was what a what was written on the imdb synopsis but it also was what i gathered from the trailer which we know isn't always the case but in this case the imdb synopsis was pretty good so basically murph doesn't come home and they're looking for answers, Bartle knows something about it. And it's bothering him and bothering him, and he has to tell he has to tell Murph's mom, who is played by Jennifer Aniston. The trailer compared this to Hurt Locker, and I see it. I definitely see it, because Hurt Locker was a really good war movie, but it was also a really good indie movie. A great example, in my mind, of an indie film. And this has the same feeling for me. It doesn't come off as try-hardy. It doesn't seem like it's purposely trying to be indie. They just have this honest story and they present it to us and that's that's what I want to see. But like I said, this is something best saved for home. I, I think you should put it on your list. Either that or maybe the book. Who knows? Read a book. I do. When I'm not at work doing show notes, recording the show, playing video games, you know, all that other stuff. Somewhere in between, I find time to read. But whether you read it or you watch it, I think this should go on your list. 
The Yellow Birds gets a 7 out of 11. Next up on the list is a film called Superfly. A young streetwise hustler, drug dealer, and entrepreneur must take on the cartel that's pushing in on his territory. He must go to Mexico with his crew in order to get the biggest score of their lives, which will allow them to retire. This is a remake of the original Superfly from the 70s. This stars Trevor Jackson from Eureka, Lex Scott Davis from Training Day the TV show, Jason Mitchell from Straight Outta Compton, Michael Kenneth Williams from The Wire, and Jennifer Morrison from Once Upon a Time. This was written by Alex C, I think is how you say it, T-S-E is the last name, who wrote the screenplay, or one of the writers at least, for The Watchmen, or Watchmen, and is set to be one of the writers on The Crow that's set to come out next year. This is the, the version of The Crow that has Jason Momoa attached to it, though I don't think it's official yet, though the, the art they have for the poster does have Jason Momoa in it, so I don't know what the status on that is. And the director of this film is some guy called Director X, because he's trying to be cool or something. He mainly does music videos, but you know what? Give yourself a cool name after you did something. Because music videos are great. I love music videos. But if you're going to call yourself some great director, may maybe do some good movies first. How about that? Maybe one, one day when Future Flix blows up and I'm the next big thing, uh, I'll call myself Podcaster B. I, I, I will never do that because that would be terrible. But Superfly looks much better than I thought it was going to be. When I first heard about this, I set my standards so low that they were scraping the ground as I walked. And now what I see is kind of one part the old Superfly, one part just a current crime movie, and then mix that with fighting out of a John Wick equalizer type movie. So you have this main character who's super stylized. Everything about him screams style. And I think if anyone else dressed like this guy, they would be made fun of. But something about the way he carries himself while dressed like this makes him badass. So he has this empire he's created. And now he has to protect himself ver against the, uh, the cartel that's coming in. And instead of just sitting back and protecting himself, he takes the fight to them to take something from them. I don't know what he's trying to do with them. I just know he goes to Mexico with his crew. And you know what this movie is? This is the type of movie that you forget comes out. This is the type of movie that you, you hear about. You're like, okay, maybe I'll keep an eye, out for, eye open for that. You completely forget about it. One day, years later, it's on some streaming service. You see it in a bargain bin at Walmart or Blockbuster. You stumble across it somehow. And you watch it and you're like, oh, that was good or at least enjoyable, or it was fun, or it was something, it was something positive, but not so positive, not so great that you're like, ah, oh, I wish I saw this in theaters. I really missed out. But you didn't. You didn't with this movie because it's just plain entertainment. There's nothing outstanding about it that makes you need to see it in a theater that just grabs you and pulls you in. This is the type of movie that you will definitely enjoy just at home. Superfly gets a, guess what, 7 out of 11. All right, everyone, we have three movies left and one pick of the week. Maybe some of you will be able to guess my pick of the week. Maybe some won't, but I know what my pick isn't, and probably no one guessed this one. The next movie, and the first of the final three that's not the pick of the week, is called Gotti. This is the story of crime boss John Gotti, 
and his son. This stars John Travolta from Greece and Stacey Keach from Nebraska. And I talked about this movie when the last trailer came out, because I've been hearing about it for a while, and then a trailer hit, I saw nothing about it, then another trailer came out to remind me, and then I was pumped again. But now that I have sat and digested the trailer, I'm, I'm excited, I do want to see it, but I'm not nearly as pumped as I was when the last trailer came out. John Travolta looks phenomenal in this role. This looks like this is one of his best roles yet. It's just sad that I, I haven't seen this, I haven't seen this advertised anywhere. The next two movies, I've seen them advertised quite a bit. I've seen a lot of their, their trailers on television. I've seen the actors in them, or in one case, the voice actors, doing interviews. I've heard a lot of people talking about it. This one I haven't heard much buzz for at all, and I actually wonder how wide of a release this is. Because as you know, I have a couple sources for this show that tells me all the movies coming out, because none of the sources are perfect. They're all wrong some of the time. One website says this was limited, the other two say it's not, so I don't know where to fall on this. But what I do know is that it looks like we're going to get a really good performance out of John Travolta. We're also going to get to see the full story of John Gotti. That is, of course, if you've never seen uh, something on History Channel or some other documentary about him, because there are a lot of them. Uh, especially, I remember in the early 2000s, early to mid 2000s, or the aughts, I guess it was what some people were calling them. There were a lot of documentaries about mob people. So I'm glad to see this come out of nowhere. We, we haven't had a lot of stories about, about mob people in, in a while, and now we have Gotti coming out, and it looks good. This man is notorious. I wasn't around for, for all of his big shenanigans. Or at least if I was, I wasn't old enough to care. My, my parents remember a lot about this, about hearing about all of the, at least the court cases. Because what my, what my mother always brings up whenever Gotti gets brought up is that it was Gotti's lawyer that was some amazing attorney that always got him off. And for them to finally get him, they had to separate the attorney from Gotti. I, I don't know how they did that, if it was even legal or not. But once that happened, they got him. He lost the case. And so I don't know if this movie is going to go all the way there because it's also about his son and how John Gotti's son got pulled into life too. So I have no idea where this movie is going to end as far as the history of John Gotti, but I do want to see this. Just like the other movies I've been talking about in the wide release and interesting indie section, I think this is something you should put on your list to watch one day. I think it would be interesting. I think it would be fun. Maybe not own it, maybe stream it if it's ever up for streaming or just rent it on Amazon. Either way, put this on your to be watched list or put this on your, you know, just keep an eye out for it. Gotti gets an eight out of 11. All right, everyone, we have two movies left and the pick of the week isn't what some of you may think it is. Some of you may have seen this coming. It'd be interesting to find out who thought what I would pick. Well, the next movie on the list, and the last movie to not be the pick of the week, is Incredibles 2. Mr. Incredible is left to care for Jack-Jack, which is a totally normal name, while Elastigirl is out saving the world. This features the voices of Craig T. Nelson, Holly Hunter, Sarah Vowell, Huck Milner, Catherine Keener, Samuel L. Jackson, Sophia Bush, Phil Lamar, Isabella Rossellini, 
and Bob Odenkirk. You know what? I really don't think Disney did a good job selling this movie. I really don't think they did. They relied too much on people just being excited for another Incredibles movie and didn't give us enough in the trailers. I know a lot of people, me included, complain when there's too much in the trailers when it seems like they showed the whole movie. But there's a point. There's a point when you don't show enough that I don't give a flying f*** about your movie. That being said, I, I wanted a sequel to The Incredibles, but the trailers that they gave, the teasers that they gave, just just showed the characters again, which for some was cool, but for me, I wanted to know it was going to be worth it. Pixar is a really good company, for the most part. They do have a couple sh titles out there, most of them in the Cars series, but uh, they have been known to lay some bad eggs. True, chances are good that since Pixar did it, it would be good, as their track record, if we ignore their bad ones, is still really good. I mean, they have a high batting average. I still wanted more before I saw this movie, and just... Last week, I, I I missed it and didn't put it in the episode, but they had a new trailer that actually looked good. I really wanted to see it after this last trailer because it showed us more. It showed us a little more about what the movie was about without spoiling anything, without giving too much information. It gave us enough, wet our appetites enough to make this a viable choice to see in the theaters. We saw the people using their powers. We saw Jack-Jack, which is still a name I hate so much, and I don't even know why. But enough about that. This movie finally looks good, and I'm excited. Though I'm just a little more excited for the other movie coming out. Just because I think the second movie that I'm going to talk about, the actual pick of the week, has a wider appeal. Because The Incredibles 2, or Incredibles 2, is betting on a few things. It's betting that you like animated movies and that you saw the first one. And in this day and age, we really assume that if the movie's big enough, everyone has seen it. But there are some people out there that are just not in touch with what happens in in media. You don't even have to want to see it. But I have this coworker. I was sitting next to her when we were, we were counting out at the end of the day. And I said, oh, so are you and your boyfriend going to go see Deadpool 2? And she goes, looks at me and goes, what's that? And it blew my mind. How can you be so out of it, so out of touch with the mainstream that you don't know that that movie exists. But that reminded me that it's possible. So that's why people may, there are people out there who may have never seen the first Incredibles. And though I really want to see this, as far as seeing it in the theater goes, I think the next movie is going to be a better choice because I know I say that there are certain movies that just do better on the big screen. Though with Pixar movies, it's perfectly fine and it doesn't lose anything on the small screen. I don't really think the next movie is going to lose anything per se, but I just think it'll be more fun in the theaters. The Incredibles 2 would be better if you wait till it comes out on streaming or buy it and then marathon both. I think that would be more enjoyable. That is why it's not my pick of the week, even though I want to see it. Incredibles 2 gets an 8.5 out of 11. And with that, it is time for the pick of the week. And does anyone know what that movie is going to be? That movie is called Tag. A small group of former classmates organize an elaborate annual game of tag that requires some to travel all over the country. This stars Isla Fisher from Now You See Me, Jeremy Renner from The Hurt Locker, Jake Johnson from New Girl, Rashida Jones from Park and Rec, Ed Helms from The Office, Hannibal Burris from Broad City, Annabelle Wallace from Annabelle, John Hamm from Baby Driver, and Brian Dennehy from Rambo First Blood. 
this was another movie that came out of nowhere. I just remember one day I saw the trailer when Anne and I went to see, you know what? I forgot what movie it was, but it was some movie recently. And then I suddenly saw a trailer for this movie and I thought, yeah, okay. Color me interested. Has a good cast. It has a ridiculous premise that's apparently based on a true story. And then we have Jeremy Renner playing this badass spy-like character who has never been tagged, and his friends want to tag him before he gets married. Maybe fearing that his wife will not allow him to play the game anymore or something like that. So they're like, hey, before he gets married, we have to tag him. But the thing is, he's not an easy mark. And in the trailer, they make a big deal about him never being tagged before. And they're trying to tag him. And he's doing all this Jason Bourne, John Wick type of fighting moves, but, you know, not actually hurting his friends, just uh, just getting out of the way of every time they try to tag him. And I think that adds an interesting layer to this movie. So it's, it's a comedy, of course, and it's a comedy with an absurd premise. And add on top of that, this ridiculously athletic and over the top guy who uses his amazing talents in kung fu or whatever it is to get out of the way three of these guys are just normal joes and then we have jeremy renner playing this james bond like motherfucker. and i think that all combines to have a funny movie this movie has a great cast not just the guys because even though it's focused around the group of guys it has great women in it too so if you're the type of person that the bechdel test matters to then maybe this will pass it because even though she's not first on the on the poster for it, everywhere else I've seen, Isla Fisher has been top billed, which surprises me. Uh, not because not because of her or anything against her, just because there's bigger people in this. But you know, good for her. Good for Isla Fisher. Anyway, I, I don't know what else I can say about this movie other than it looks funny, it looks entertaining, it looks like a good time. If you go to the movies and you've seen all the other big ones out there, then this seems like the one to see. It'll definitely have fewer children in it, and I fully believe that is a better thing. Because it only takes one set of poorly raised shitty kids to ruin a movie. And that's something else that made me hesitate to make Incredibles 2 the pick of the week, and that's another reason why Tag won. But anyway, good cast, interesting and absurd premise, and it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. Tag gets an 8.5 out of 11. And with that, my future fans, it is time for the final break before we step into the question of the week. So let's hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall, filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> the fuck did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of fucks and garnished with a crown of Shut the fuck up! How the fuck did we get here? Fuck all that, fuck a jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And we're back with the question of the week. So if you don't remember, my question of last week was what movie would you like to see with a gender bend cast? 
And that could mean that you take the whole cast, men and women, flip it around, or maybe it's a male-focused movie and make it a female-focused movie. So you could have gone either way with that one. We get our first answer from Frat Matt, who, who picks a great answer. He said just two words, Jane Bond. And yes, I would like to see that because James Bond has always been a very, very hot button topic movie, especially in the fact that James Bond has always been a white male. And I've never understood people's outrage with, oh, why can't you make James Bond black? Why can't you make James Bond a woman? Well, James Bond's a white dude. And if we're going to change James Bond, if we're going to make James Bond a different race or a different gender, it shouldn't be just to do it. It should be because the right person has come along. A lot of people want Idris Elba as James Bond. I, I think that would be cool, though I'm kind of hoping they go with someone a little younger. Idris Elba is still badass, and he can do a lot of great sh**, but I would rather see Chiwetel Ejiofor from 12 Years a Slave, or maybe even John Boyega if we're going with, if we want to go with someone of color. But a woman? How about Emily Blunt? I, I think that would be a great, uh, a great actress to play the role. But yes, uh, Frat Matt, I fully agree. Jane Bond would be a very interesting movie. Brian Q answered next. He said, this is difficult because Casablanca is truly a favorite. Don't reverse the genders, but I would love to see a movie as told through Ingrid Bergman's eyes. And that would be very interesting. Casablanca is a, a true classic and one of my favorites too. He goes on to say, I hope they never touch that movie. Casablanca is sacrosanct. He then, he then tweeted again saying, okay, my gender swap movie is Legends of the Fall, which I, I have to hand it to you. When I was going through movies that I would like to see, I was going through everything that came to mind. That one never even came to my mind. So good job there, sir. Brian Q also linked me to this tweet about Rex Reed from the Drudge Report giving Hotel Artemis a zero. And while my initial reaction was thinking, oh, he's a critic, he hates movies and forgets to have fun, I wanted to look at his other reviews just to see where he fell. And to his credit, he does give some good scores more than I thought he would. But then as I was going up and down his list of scores, I saw one that blew my mind. He gave Fifty Shades Freed a 1 out of 4, while he gave Hotel Artemis a 0 out of 4. Are you f***ing kidding me? There is nothing redeeming about that series. And you give that a bigger score, or at least a higher score, even by one point, than Hotel Artemis? Mr. Rex Reed, go f*** yourself. Maybe you gave it a one just because you saw breasts. I don't know. Anne also gave me an answer. Her her first film, the first one she wanted to go with was Hocus Pocus. And then see the same thing, of, of course, but with three male witches. Because she didn't want to call them warlocks, uh, if I remember right. Or wizards. They had to be so-called witches. Which would be very interesting. I'd like to see it. I wonder who you would pick. So I just paused really quick and we discussed this. And we decided for Mary, played by Kathy... Najimi, I believe is how you say it. It would be Jack Black. For Sarah, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, it was going to be Channing Tatum. And Winifred, played by Bette Midler, would be Tom Hiddleston. Give me that movie. I will watch it right now. And right, it's time for my answer. I cheated again and I had two because it's my show. I do what I want. Don't judge me. The first was John Carter, because I would really like it to be a, a woman that gets transported to Mars and becomes some badass warrior. And even though the, uh, at least in the movie, the princess of Mars wasn't a, wasn't some useless, useless um, damsel, it would still be nice to see the woman be the one that come in and save the day. And also, I would like to see 
a all-female cast version of either or both Magnificent Seven or Seven Samurai. I think that would be the sh**. I took another quick break to put together my list who I would like to see. And please keep in mind this is just a list I put together in less than 10 minutes. Maybe it would change if I had more time, but right now it's Tara G.P. Henson, Sandra Bullock, Emily Blunt, Francis McDormand, Margot Robbie, Tilda Swinton, and Ellen Page. I think between all of them, they can each play a different character or different enough, just like in the remake of Magnificent Seven, because at first Magnificent Seven, I liked a lot, but that was more, there, there was less variety, I believe, in the type of characters than there was in the remake, and this, I think, could give even more. So it is time for the next question of the week, and I was stumped until I, I just took a quick look at all, a uh, recap of all the movies coming out, and the only thing that came to mind is we, we have three movies about criminals, so it made me think and pull a question out of my ass, which criminal out of the whole history of the world. Okay, that's a little dramatic. Human history. Would you like to see a movie made out of? I know this is very similar to a question I asked previously or a couple questions I asked previously, but hey, I'm running out of ideas at this point. Come on, throw me a bone. So which criminal from history would you like to see a movie made out of? Well, with that, it is time to wrap up the show and let's get into the closing housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give that podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And then share the podcast. Share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow. And then leave a comment. Tell me what you think I'm doing right. Tell me what you think I need to improve on. And how do you reach me? That is a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Some Underdue website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can leave a comment to the minute on SoundCloud, like right here. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN and email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast, good friends of the show. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>